That's right, friends. Union Craft Brewing is 10 years old, and we're glowing with excitement to announce that our annual celebration is back. Come one, come all to throw down once again for one night only to help us market this milestone. This year, we're doing it up in Neon. Neon has the atomic number of 10 and lends itself to the kind of visual stimulation that we love to party with. Get your Neon Brew Crew ready to eat, drink, and dance the night away. This year, we've invited two very special guests to help you do just that. All the way from Nigeria, West Africa, we're thrilled to welcome Femi Kuti with Made Kuti and the Positive Force Band. The son and grandson of Afrobeat legend Fila Kuti, Femi and his son Made carry the torch of this music and will be sure to make you shake it up to their hot grooves and positive message. Also, Fred Armisen has made us laugh more times than we can count. From his work on SNL to his send-up of Hipsterdom on Portlandia, Fred is coming down to the brewery to DJ for us on the main stage and create a dance party you will not soon forget. Of course, there will be beer. So much beer. I mean, like, totally. Just just lots of beer. From classics to sours, lagers, borough-aged beers from our workshop, Body Union series, new collabs, and other special anniversary beers will be pouring a plenty. Get your tickets and save that date, June 11th. Ten years. Can you believe it? Like, like seriously, ten years? Really? Let's glow, guys. Get your tickets at uniontraftbrewing.com. Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and today I'm chatting with a photographer and collage artist from Baltimore, Maryland. And this artist is profound in expressing the beauty and complexities of the African-American community. Please welcome Bria Sterling Wilson. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, you're, you're welcome. BSW, what it is. <laughs> Nothing much. I'm just uh, excited slash nervous to do this podcast. This is my first podcast, so um, but I'm excited. It should go well. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to the uh, podcast arena. Um, it's uh, it's frightening. Frankly, it's, it's scary. Um, so I want to start off with uh, kind of introductory. I read that you're you began um, drawing and painting when you were in middle school. So can you tell us a bit more about your background? Is that true? And tell us where you grew up in Baltimore. Sure. So um, technically speaking, I was born in Baltimore City, but I was raised in Baltimore County. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up going to school at uh, Bryn Mawr Private School for all girls. Um, and just to like backtrack, uh, my mom was a graphic design major as well as a painter. So that's kind of where um, I guess the influence of art kind of started. Um, I think it was just always in me in a way. So, um, yeah, but I went to Bryn Mawr private school and I just started drawing and painting and I just realized like, oh, I'm actually pretty good at this. And I've always since then been like pretty confident in my art skills. Mm -hmm. um, then from there, I um, left Bryn Mawr and went to Deer Park Middle School. So there was kind of a culture shock there going from a predominantly white school and then going into a public school um, situation. So it was just completely different. I was, uh, I didn't, I'm sorry, Rob, I'm messing myself up here. Um, so I, I think that's what a lot of my work starts to talk about because I, my mom kind of didn't really, guide me in the way that I thought she could have in regards to telling me about 
my hair and my skin and like, you know, the types of racism that I did end up realizing happened at both schools, um, which was really, really tough. So it was like an identity thing that I started to realize as I grew older. And I think that's why I talk a lot about black identity in my work because, um, you know, I experienced it firsthand. Um, and then from there I went to George Washington Carver school for the arts in Towson. Um, and that's kind of what, where I started to really hone in on my photography, um, and really discovered that being my passion. Um, and then from there I went to Morgan state for a year, left school and trying to figure out who I was, went to CCBC for a few years, stopped that, went to more College of Art and Design in Philadelphia for a year, and then came back to Baltimore to go to um, Towson University and finished off there. But my collaging really started in at more College of Art and Design. Yeah. Um, that's where I started learning about Lorna Simpson, uh, Micheline Thomas, um, Hannah Hawk, um, you know, we're always taught that like Picasso was kind of the beginner collage artist. But as I started learning, I think that's not really true. Um, I have a colleague, Terry Henderson, who really opened my eyes to knowing like that's there's just black artists that were just never um, written down in history um, that were definitely making collages. And um, I love her curating and being able to find artists like myself um, that are out there and and exposing us and letting us know that um, we do exist and that other artists like us were around beforehand. Um, So yeah, that's kind of a fast, quick intro into who I am and where I started. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'm I'm a Morgan grad, so, you know, uh, I see, I see what happened. (laughs) I know more. I loved Morgan, but I was not in the mental space to take school as seriously as I should have at that time. I was kind of in my party phase. Um, so I need to take a step back and really hone in on who I was and get back into the game a few yeah. years later. And I was ended up having a 4.0 GPA and just killing the art in school game after that. So. And I think one of the things you touched on, and again, thank you for for sharing it, because it's a, it's a lot in there to to kind of unpack. And you said that was the abbreviated version, obviously. And um, yeah, I think a lot of times when we we're talking about identity, and I remember, you know, some of the things that I'm interested in, or even doing this podcast, for instance, you'll have people say, "Oh, black people don't do that." And I was like, I I look in a mirror daily. I'm a black guy, and I do this, and I do it very well. And in some of the interests that I have, maybe in wrestling, or I remember 10, 15 years ago, well, not even 15, probably like 10 years ago, you know, just talking to folks and like, yeah, I'm interested in art. I want to go to openings and things of that nature. And, you know, folks that I was, you know, friends with or trying to become friends with, why are you in the art? It's like, wow, it's a very weird question. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Like, I don't know why that is um, something that kind of happens in the black community. It's like if you have something of interest that's different than the standard black thing to do, it's like you're kind of frowned upon or you're looked at weird if you want to do art or you want to 
play an instrument or just anything that's like not um, the standard thing. And, you know, it sucks that we do that to each other. It's why not embrace different things and like, um, you know, not the standard idea of, I feel like of what um, society has made it seem like we have to do, or like we're the only ones that do this. So yeah, it, it sucks. I, I, but I think one thing that comes out of that, um, at least I, I've realized, and I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, you're you're able to kind of find your tribe and find your people through that, that kind of heartbreak and that challenging point where you don't, at least I, I feel like, and, and I learned some of that, Morgan, not really feeling like accepted in my tribe is like, hey, we're here for like some some goofy uh, sci-fi TV show. Yeah, yeah, but you ain't a part of this. It's like, well, what is what? You know, and. And I think finding like, you know, Terry um, and in and, and, and different people that you may encounter because you're, you're young. I'm old. I'm done. I'm washed. But no, um, how old are you? I'm 37. Uh, oh, no, I'm I'm right up the street. I am 28. So we're, we're, I'm knocking on the door. It's but, kind of scary. No, that's that's funny. But it's it's still one of those things where I, I think once you're finding your, your people, those are the people you should be spending time with. Those are the people that you're having the substantive and really big conversations and you know those other people they're just behind they they, they just didn't get catch the train yet I agree a hundred percent I think um at this time point in my life I've never been more like accepting of me and like my hair and my culture and just everything involved with blackness like this is the time point in my life where I feel like yeah like I know like who I am and yeah. um where I stand because before, like, I really did not know. Like, I was like, what do I, do I hang out with my white friends? Do I hang out with my black friends? Like, can I mix them together? Like, do I need to talk this way? Like, why do I need to kind of switch my vocabulary on Mm -hmm. and off when I'm with these friends? Like, it's, it's rough. And and one of the things, and I'll I'll move to the next question after this, one of the things that I run into on occasion with being able to talk to a diverse set of people like, you know, really it's Baltimore, it's artists, it's this, it's that. And it's like that's the through line. And, you know, diversity is kind of baked in there. Like, yo, I can have a conversation with black folks. I can have a conversation with white folks. And, you know, people are like, well, why you got so many of these black artists on here? Because I like black artists. Right. Like, like, like what? <laughs> it, it definitely shouldn't matter. But I think that's just one thing. Um, I think we just have to be able to code switch regardless, just like living in this world that we live in now. Um, but yeah, like it's I don't know why people get so caught up on minuscule ideas like that. It's it's just silly. It really is. Absolutely. So you, you touched on earlier some of your your mom's influence in the graphic design and all um, mm-hmm. early 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 for you. Um, in, in what ways were some of your other maybe early visual experience or maybe personal history in there? And I think we were touching on that a bit. Really, um, kind of led to your current practice. Like, you know, <clears throat> did you see something that was like, okay, that's a dope collage. I think I can do that, mm-hmm. or like something along those lines. So I think that. 
just starting based on my photography lifestyle, I've always just wanted to tell Black stories and share our beauty through my images. Um, so that all started in and I was um, taking pictures of like people in their natural habitats downtown and like in their environments. And from there, I progressed to doing um, studio portraits of friends and family. Um, and then as I shifted into the collage element, um, I, I think, as I mentioned, like, I just feel more connected with myself now, which makes me more connected with my collage work, if that makes sense. Like, because I'm able to express all of these emotions and feelings visually better this way and I don't know if it has something to do with the fact that it's like me touching the pieces with my hands and like having more control because like I have more control over me now and like I have control over these pieces um I think that has a lot to do with it um but I just think I have more confidence in saying that my experiences in personal history um are easily better expressed through my collage work than I was able to do it with um, my photography. Even though I love taking photos, I just, right now this has been what makes me, what I'm absolutely most passionate about and what make, makes me happy for sure. Yeah, exactly. I remember, um, I think I saw a few of your your pieces maybe at UB Blake and I was like, all right, yo, Thomas, like, how can I, <laughs> like, how can I get this interview? Like, can you coordinate that? Like, oh, you... thank you. See, I thought Thomas, he's always being sneaky, like setting things up and like being like, hey, I need you to like make this happen. And I'm like, okay, well, does he even know who I am? And uh, that's nice that you are you're the one that said something for, I feel like Thomas is always doing something. It was, it was a mutual thing. It was kind of like, I, I mentioned it and then, you know, I've, you, you probably see hits many podcasts that go out and I'm doing a lot and he's yeah, like, you, you stay busy for sure. Uh, yes. He's like, make sure she's on your radar. I was like, all right, then cool. I was like, I don't want to get in trouble with Lord Lightskin. I can't get in trouble with him because, you know, going back to blackness, he's, he's my guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So let's talk about collages a little bit. Can you walk us through the process of creating a, a new collage and what does that starting point look like? Um, and when do you know you're finished? Because that's that's a thing for me. I've heard different things from artists like I'm never finished. It's like, well. yeah. <laughs> um, well, for me, I first start out by um literally I clean my whole studio first again like I just have to like start with a fresh slate especially if I, I just finished a show or a series I like to just um clean everything make sure everything's orderly then I will go through all of my source magazines and I have Playboy, Jet, Ebony um just mounds of newspapers um a lot of like random fabrics uh what else a few contemporary magazines like I if you ever come to the studio like you'll see like I have a, a wild amount of um, sourced imagery and I'll just go through and start cutting things that look interesting to me I will lay them out and I'll just start building from there and I'll take like I have plenty of other pieces that I haven't used like pieces that I've cut out. So I'll bring those around and see like what I can start putting together. Um, sometimes I will know that I wanted to talk about a specific topic and other times um, it'll come to me as I'm working. Yeah. Um, 
And another thing I do feel like a lot of intuition is involved in my work as well as a spiritual element in regards to like God, like I pray a lot nowadays and I ask him to work through me while I'm making these pieces, yeah. um, which I know probably sounds a little crazy, but I, I do like I, I just try to be as connected to my work as possible. Um, and a lot of these opportunities that I get now, I just think are based on my um, spirituality and how I've just tried to just give myself into um, my collaging. Um, what else do I have? I, I wrote like a whole little thing, just <laughs> making sure I hit all the points that I want to talk about. Um, in regards to if I'm prepping for a specific exhibition, I will, I've been working with Thomas a lot throughout these past couple of years. So if it has to do with him and we're working together, he'll just tell me to like make everything. And then we come together and um, we put all the pieces out and we'll just sit there and kind of break everything down and um, figure out what the main like theme of the work that I have down. And we'll just say that's a show right there. So yeah. And that's what I love about him. He's able to really like help me hone in on um, what I want to say as a whole. Um, so I appreciate that. And as for do I know when a piece is done, I I do and I don't. Like it's definitely <laughs> all a feeling. Like when I look at a piece, I'm like, oh no, this is like definitely needs more to this, or like this is not conveying enough of what I want it to say. So I will keep just like nipping at it from day to day. Um, some of my collages take a few weeks. Some of them take months. Some of them yeah. take a couple of days. It really just depends on how complex um, the piece is and like how deep I really want to get with um, the pieces for sure. Yeah, thank you for for walking us through that, and I'm um, also speaking on um, Thomas's input because uh, he's he's a rare dude, and you know I've interviewed him a few times, and uh, we're we're friendly, and he's a he's a good guy, and he's definitely here as a resource to help out artists of all shapes and sizes. That look like us, of course. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's his, that's his thing. That's his thing. I, I, yeah. I respect it. Um, so I, I so if there's so. Let's talk about themes, um, subjects and themes. What are the ones that you're returning to regularly? I understand uh, African African American community is is one of the big ones, obviously, and mm -hmm. that has so many layers. It's an onion. It's so many layers to peel back sure. on. But what are the themes within the themes, I suppose, that you're returning to regularly and, and why? I think the main themes that I go to are black beauty, identity, cultural appropriation, stereotypes, um, gentrification and like police brutality i think those always come up in my work is because you know i'm in it like that's what i'm around i'm from baltimore like those are the things that i see a lot yeah. and um in regards to like the black beauty and identity um you know representation is very important to me and i feel like black women specifically have been um ignored or just in the back, especially in regards to like art history, um, paintings were always either the servant or the help in some way. We're never at the forefront of the work. And that's what I, um, especially now have been aiming to do in my pieces. My The black women in my pieces are always very dominant. They're either in the middle or like slightly off center. Um, 
and they're either always looking at you, you have eye contact with that woman in my piece um, because I just, that's just very important to me for us to be front and center. Um, but yeah. And I mean, I am a black woman in this, in America. So those are like the two being a woman and being black. Those are like the hardest things right now. So um, I just have to represent for us. And I think as an artist, we need to rewrite history because it was just, um, we had such a tarnished past in regards to how we were represented in society. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's like the thing from um, Two Strikes Theater Collective, um, where it's like it's two strikes because we're all black women in theater. And it was like you know those are the two strikes right there, and it's trash to be to be frank that that's what that experience has been. And I like the notion that you you touched on like look it's right there it's right there black women are right there you got to look at us you got to respect us you got to and. If you and I and I think especially the subject matter, like kind of what I was like kind of pointing at earlier. Why why are you doing this black stuff? Why can't it just be about the art? Like, well, that is the artist baked in. Right, definitely. I think there was like a small point in my life when I was doing the collaging. Like at the beginning, I was like, do I want to talk about? like get deep with me, um, which was hard again, because I didn't know like if I wanted to insert me so much into my work. And then um, I just saw how much stronger my work was getting by pulling down the layers of myself and really thinking about what I wanted to say. I'm always been, I think, a very outspoken person in regards to things that are wrong and what I want to change in society and in, in this world um so my work is me being able to do that i'm like a um i love angela davis so like this is like my angela davis way of being able to uh to make a difference uh through the collaging but it's hard because i feel like that is a thing like you're like people are like oh like do you why do you always have to talk about black art or like black problems or black life and it's like why can't it just be art like no they they just have to for me it, i have to mm -hmm. intertwine them it's just important to me to do that absolutely absolutely uh so let's see um what inspirations what inspirations influence the the collages or have you look to go back on that a little bit and do you feel that the experience and starting off and having that foundation in photography has really like served the collage practice or does does one hand wash the other in that regard yeah so um definitely current events um past black history and my family especially my mother and grandmother i always talk about them because i was just raised by the two of them um so I didn't have like a father figure around. So they are like very prominent. They're very strong black women. I know like sometimes people don't like to say that, but that is what I was raised to be. Um, and yeah, so they're just very prominent in my work. But um, as for the photography influence, 
I think more so like the fundamentals of photography and like art history and the fundamentals of art are more of an influence just in regards to like composition and um, how I may compose my pieces. Mm -hmm. But I haven't really um, quite intertwined the two um, in regards to like using my photography and like putting it into my collages. And I've been thinking about it. Uh, It might be something that I do down the line, but yeah, I've just been strictly working with um, just sourced imagery and uh, like fabrics and things of that nature. I'm trying to get that exclusive out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, I think I got a couple more and then we get to those rapid fire ones that I scared you with earlier. So just. Oh, goodness. Just saying, uh, um, thinking about the things that y- you've created, is there something that you that you may not have liked that the public really loved or perhaps purchased or on the other side of it is there something you're like oh yeah this is the one right here and they're like eh it's fine I guess um so I typically don't put out any work that I'm not absolutely confident in or like feel like I'm not proud of I'm always making sure like it's up to my standards Mm -hmm. um it's funny the last two shows that I've done the at Band of Vices in California and the one here at Hooper House Gallery. It's always one piece that's left. It's like, and I look at the piece and I'm like, is something wrong with it? Like, did they now for the Hooper House? I know it's um slow burn is the last one that hasn't sold. And it's it's intense. It's three black individuals two women one child in a burning house with two white men looking on i know that that's kind of intense for someone to want to put into their house so that's understandable that i kind of knew that that wasn't going to sell i knew that was going to end up being just a gallery piece um but the one at uh band of vices tea party it's like this beautiful black woman with this luxurious blue background and she's at this um, white table and no one bought it. So I don't know why, but I'm sure I'm just going to chalk it up to it. The person just hasn't seen it yet that needs to buy it. So hopefully it'll, um, that will happen. But yes. So catch up losers. What was happening? Like, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Um, but it's, it's okay. Cause everything else sold. So I'm happy. And shout out to Terrell, by the way. Shout out to Terrell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I love, I've just been contemplating in my mind if I want to move out to California because, as you can see, I have my my LA hat on. I, I just uh, like the uh-huh, hat. Uh-huh. I, know, I love Baltimore, but I'm like, it's so like relaxing. I think I just need to do another vacation. I I might not move out there, but I'm listening. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> just wearing a hat. It's like, yeah, just as I it's like, are you wearing the competitor here? <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to wear like a Yankee fitted, and suddenly it's like, oh, I'm Brooklyn based. Just like oh. I have that too. I have a uh, my Yankees. Hat. I'm just a, if you if you know me, like I wear hats all the time. So don't it means nothing. I just I just like wearing hats. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I wear a lot of hats because I am bald and well, kinda. It's it's growing back. I don't know what's happening. Um, but my prized possession is this ridiculous, like it's like a hundred and thirty dollar like cap I had designed from this company in New York, and oh my goodness, it has like patches of like different Baltimore things. It has like a Lamar patch in there, an Omar patch, I like for the wire. <laughs> it's fire, <laughs> vintage okay. NYC. That's worth it, though. I really like that. You have to show me that one day. Absolutely. 
Um, so I got two more real questions for you before we get into these uh, rapid fire ones, which I've been adding ones as we've been talking. Oh, gosh. I saw you writing things down. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so where or how do you rediscover inspiration when you're feeling like creatively dry, kind of flat, like meh, when it comes to like the, your practice? Um, so it's kind of hard for me to get creatively dry because I bartend and serve, um, most of the week and I'm off on Sunday, Monday and Tuesdays. And those days are always allocated to the studio. Like I have to be there from the time that I wake up until the time that I get very tired. Unfortunately at Bromo, they don't have like sleep in situations where you can just stay there. So if you did, I would literally like pull out my sleeping bag and stay there, but we can't do that. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's not often that I'm creatively dry because I'm always like itching to go for the, for the work week to be over so that I can go in the studio. That's where I feel most at home and like where I want to be. And, um, where I'm like genuinely just happy to be in that space. Um, but, yeah, like, again, it's really just, it's hard for me to, not be inspired because there's always something happening or I I can always read and be inspired by a story that I read, especially in the magazines. Like I just ordered maybe like eight magazines from Ebony magazines from eBay. Sure. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. I don't know if you've ever um, did a bidding thing, bidding war on eBay. It's intense. <laughs> I'm not like, going to lose, damn it. <laughs> and that's how, like, my mom was getting so frustrated with me. She was like, Bria, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to get them. And I lost at least, like, three bids. And I was, like, kind of pissed off for the rest of the day. Um, but I'm pretty sure there's, like, other collage artists that are that I'm going against. And I just don't know. But, um, yeah, like, the stories in there are just amazing and so inspiring. So just that alone, like, just makes me want to create and, you know, with things that are happening on the news. And um, again, my family, like I'm never lacking wanting to um, get in the studio and make work because I I know that there's something in here that I can talk about and that I want to express for sure. Okay. Last question that I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you feel about the way that your creativity is being experienced by others? How do you like react to criticism or praise and well, praise? And what are the emotions that generally kind of like surround your work um, just in general? Not necessarily if there's that one piece that's there, like the last slice of pizza, or if someone's like gotten gotten it like just it's gangbusters and people are just what are the general feelings when you've finished some work? Um, so I've definitely had people that like, if I do studio visits or we have, um, this thing called the Bromo arts walk where random guests can just come in and see the space. I have people that are like, Oh, this is neat. Or this is cool. Which is very interesting when people say that, because I feel like my work is much more than just neat or cool. Um, not to say that in like a a cocky way, but talk that talk, please. (laughs) Yeah. Like genuinely. So it kind of like takes me aback when they say that I'm like, okay, but I think it's just because they haven't taken the time or, or really sometimes people don't want to take the time to sit with my work because it is some intense conversations that are to be had. And I think a select few shy away from those bold 
talks. But um, other than those 5% of people, everyone else is like, this is amazing. This work is beautiful. This is inspiring. And um, I really didn't expect things to take off the way they did and for people to feel the way that they felt about my work. I was really just making it. I'm still just making my work for me and like expressing myself. Um, I love that um, everyone is so, I don't know, so emotional and so um, interested in having my work in their house. I think that's like the main goal as an artist is like, do people want to have your work in their home and like see it every day? So it's just yeah. like crazy that there's people that are like, oh, wow, like I want this piece for for life. So um, that's amazing. Um, but uh, let me see. I feel like I had something else to add to that. Yeah, I think, like I was saying, um, the pieces are really just pleasing to the eye, but then there's like really just deep context to it. So, um, yeah, that's that's the emotions involved. Well, thank you. <laughs> yes, of course. All right. Now it's time to get messy. Um Oh, God, you want my voice to crack again and me getting all whenever I talk about really serious things that like are really close to me, I my voice like starts closing down and then I, I hate it. But go ahead, Rob, go ahead. My, mine is always silky smooth, regardless of what I'm saying. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is what you do. Well, that's, that's true. I got to drink a lot of tea during the day. Uh, <clears throat> so. I got I got five rapid fire questions for you. Do and I have to answer these very quickly? Yes. Oh my goodness! Go ahead, Rob. Um, but if I, I'll try to provide as much context and make it as easy for you as possible. Oh. Okay. Sometimes people get stumped. All right. So, in in for context, all the goodwill that we've established in the last thirty plus minutes is all gone. Out the door. Gone. All right. Not speak to you ever again. <laughs> so here's the first question. Um. How does your how does a typical day start for you? What is that that first thing uh, you get out of bed? What, how does that day start for you when you're? Yeah. Are we talking about a work day or are we talking about an off day for Bria going to the studio? Um, any day you can describe both if you like. Okay, so okay, it'll be it'll be fast because the work day is very the same. All right, so work day is wake up brush teeth, wash face, shower, make a breakfast, which is probably like egg whites, spinach and avocado and like something else in the mix. And then um, literally we'll go right back to sleep and wake up at two, like 1.30, get ready for work. I work at Monarch, uh, which is the Atlas um, French themed restaurant downtown. Um, so head down there and literally don't get off of work and probably until 12 o'clock and come back home and do it all over again until Sunday, which is Sunday is my off day. So boom, wake up, get myself together and head straight downtown to the studio and stay there all day. I try to pack a lunch, never really happens. <laughs> I just go find some food or like meet up with friends and eat and then come back to the studio and stay there until like one o'clock in the morning, which my mom hates because she's like, you need to be careful. And I'm like, I'm fine. This is my city. I'm good. <laughs> and I go right to the car and back home. So yeah. 
while you're wearing your uh, Dodgers cap. Like, this is my city. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, oh, my God. Do you have um, creative superstitions? If so, could you share one? Mm, creative superstitions. I don't. What is? Can you give me an example of a creative superstition? I don't I, think I've ever heard of this. I heard one in the theater uh, within the theater folks will have. You know how when someone says like break a leg, oh, or yeah. you never, you're not supposed to give someone flowers before show starts because it means they're gonna have a bad show. Oh goodness. Um. And you may not have any yet because I think we're creatures of habit. Yeah, I don't particularly have anything okay this is probably weird i don't wear makeup to the studio like and if i do wear makeup to the studio i never get any work done like i have to be like full-on bum attire uh -huh. like so i guess that's it so yeah like <laughs> i literally have to be like in chill balmy like natural brio and that's just let me just be in my space that's why i typically don't do studio visits like when I'm in the process of creating, like I will do studio video ugh, studio visits only if um, it's like planned and I know I'm not going to do work that day. That's the only way that it happens. So yeah, that's my, my uh, super artist superstition. I mean, you, you arrived at it. You're like, Oh no, no, that's what happens. Uh, yeah. No, like I knew there had to be something that is it for sure. Yeah. For me, it's really, uh, maybe it's just my ego, but it's like, look, if you want me to do a podcast for you, only green M&Ms. Thank you. I can't <laughs> put on a good show unless they're green M&Ms because you know, the flavor's different. Uh, <laughs> you can make the intern pick all the other. Yeah, it's like, get those out of there. Use gloves. <laughs> Zero. I don't want any boogers in there either. Don't be gross. Um, what work or artist um, has most recently inspired you? Like, has there been a song that you're like, yeah, I really like that. I feel like I can jam with that. Or is there a piece of visual work that, oh. you know, yeah. Um, hold on. I got to look at my, make sure I'm saying this right. So I've been on a kick of, like jazz or like classical and um, like old school music. So I think the main one that I've been listening to and I feel most creative would be, where is it? Maze and Frankie Beverly, While I'm Alone. Nice. Like, I love this song so much. It just puts me in this interesting like space. I actually just named one of my pieces that are going to be um, in a new show after this song because I just, my grandmother used to listen to it all the time as well. And my grandfather was a um, saxophone player. So I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but yeah, like I just love this song and it just makes me feel like really good and puts me in a great headspace. So sometimes I'll like get a little ratchet and have my like hip hop and all that playing, but I feel like I can't really get my work done. I'm doing mm, 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 so I, I have to, I have to uh, tone it down with some maze and Frankie Beverly and get, get the job done. I dig it. Okay. Last two I got for you. Um, on what occasions do you lie? Oh goodness. <laughs> Are we talking about in life or in art? I don't know. In, in art, in art, sure, in okay. art. Yeah, okay. I lie all the time. I mean, it's just, hey, you know, you, you like that? Yeah, sure. It's great. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> let's see. It's like, yeah, I used I was going to lie to you today to reschedule this. <laughs> 
podcast because I was so nervous. I'm crazy. I was so nervous, but I didn't. I was like, okay, Bria, you got to just push through and just do this. Um, but well, that wasn't, that wouldn't have been a lie. I would have really told you because you know, I mean, we've talked, I told yeah, you yeah. how I feel. So I think you would have understood, but yeah. Um, I think I, I only lie. Oh, Rob, that's a hard one. Um, you might not lie. You might not, might not be a big liar. No, I lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just lie to myself. I just look no, in the mirror I, and like, you're great, Rob. I definitely lie. I just I can't think offhand right now. But in regards to like my art, I don't typically um, lie. I try to be as straightforward and honest. Probably, if anything, like I sometimes over... Um, extend myself in regards to saying like oh i can get this work done for a show or i can get i can meet a deadline knowing in the back of there's this little voice in my head like are you really sure you can meet that deadline because i i used to think that i was able to create work like this mm -hmm. but i can't like, i need more time like I, i've started to realize like bria like your mind is expanding you need more time to like really get all everything out that needs to get out and a few weeks to do eight pieces is just not it's not feasible for me anymore so i i need to i think i just need to stop lying to myself probably about like how i can get things done so yeah that that's that <laughs> oh yeah all right this is the last one i've added because i want to troll how many hats do you own <laughs> oh my goodness i probably have like I've got to have over 20 hats and they're all in a drawer and like I have some be more hats. I have my my L.A. I've got some New York hats. I've got uh, like some visors. I have uh, a New Balance hat, Nike hats like I have like and I love beanies. I'm a big like I love the winter time. Like I will just slap, <laughs> yeah, I will slap on a beanie in a heartbeat. So is yeah. I tip the beanie. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very low maintenance person when it comes to um, me dressing and everything. Like unless I'm going out, out, I like to just be as chill and relaxed as possible. I mean, I in going back to the studio, like or the or the, uh, the 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 art superstitions. I prefer to wear a smelly hoodie. That's how I feel like I've actually put in some work. That's a very good point as well. Yeah, I feel like there was a time point when I was kind of just throwing on the same sweatpants and like sweatshirt <laughs> and just like running out the door to go to the studio because when you're in like that mode of like mm -hmm. creating, you just don't care. Like, I mean, you shower. You get her. No, Rob, you shower. You have to get your. <laughs> I mean, my talent is a super. It's like baseball. You know, you wear the same like uh, base layers every day. You know, you do your nine innings because, you know, season starting. You do your nine innings and then you're like, all right, back at it tomorrow. And it's like, I have not changed this undershirt in 27 innings. Okay, well, Rob, that's you. I actually have to make sure that I am nice and clean before getting the day started. But it's you're, OK. You're, you're just a better person than me. And on that, um, I guess we'll wrap up. I want to um, one thank you.
thank you for being on this podcast. And two, I want to invite you and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, your work, all of that good stuff, social media. And again, thank you. Yes. Um, so I still have my show Home Handle with Care up um, at Hooper House Gallery downtown. So you can check that out until March 25th. Um, as regards to contacting me, my website is www. The Sterling Photography. Oh God, what is my website? This is terrible. It's bsterlingphotography.com. Yeah, it is bsterlingphotography.com. And my uh, Instagram is b.sterling underscore underscore underscore. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. I want to thank the great Bria Sterling Wilson for coming onto the podcast. And uh, I'm Rob Lee saying there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Oh,